And welcome to the Tuesday edition of... The Dice Are Screaming. Oh. Oh. Or, or moaning. Or singing. Oh, yep. Yeah. Uh, harmony. Aptly. Yeah. Ah, a little duet from the Screaming Dice today. Yeah, I'm Randy. And I am Mike. And we are your humble podcasters for, well, you know, we're... Once again, the off-brand cereal of gaming podcasts. <laughs> yes, poorly produced and ineffectually managed, but nonetheless Cheap loving. Cheap Chinese sneakers of gaming podcasts. We are also the loving <laughs> and admiring followers of many fine podcasts besides our own. Oh, that too. Uh, especially just of late, because the depths of winter have struck us and we have the time to sit down and listen to some marvelous podcasts while we hunker down and hide from the snow and the ice. Yep, this is our 51st podcast, so fittingly, we had some call-ins from our 50th episode, so we'll get to those in just a moment, and also some shout-outs to the Anchor podcast community. Shall we start with the shout-outs? Yeah, let's do some shout-outs to uh, our good friends over at uh, Gothridge Manor, uh, Tim, yes, Shorts. Tim Shorts. Uh, greetings, Tim. I yep. hope the winter is treating you well. Yes, and also Larry Hamilton from Follow, follow Me and, and die. die. Which, I mean, does it have to be and? I mean, it could be just Follow Me or Die. Yes. I, I would feel so much more comforted by, by knowing that if I follow you, I, I, I'm i avoiding the death option. Yeah. <laughs> just, <laughs> just saying. <laughs> uh, the cats at Wheel and Woe. Yeah, and uh, the podcast doing that over there. Uh, thanks for all the Twitter love. And also Breaking 20. So thank you. They're coming up with a Pathfinder campaign, so we'll be paying attention to them. And uh, all the kind words from other members of that community, Sorceress Intent, yeah, you get a mention, and also uh, Ben Cthulhu, Ooh. who is uh, gave us some nice cards to use. I'll be uh, talking about those in a future podcast when I get a chance to fully uh, appreciate their beauty, but I did download them, so to take a good gander yeah. at those. Excellent. Yeah. Some uh, background cards that uh, ah. he printed up, so uh, yeah, we'll uh, get those fired up. So, all right, uh, we also had for our 50th podcast a call in from Darren Green across the pond, and uh, so we're going to pay attention to what Darren Green has to say for a moment. So, right take it on. away, Darren. Thank you. Hi, guys, Alfred here. Just wanted to call in and uh, congratulate you on your 50th podcast. Um, I've listened to all of them, I believe, so uh, long-term, uh, long-time uh, listener here. Um, I think um, your last few shows have been good, but um, I think you need to watch out for those Dungeon Brothers because uh, if ever, ever, they ever get their own podcast out there, I think I may switch over and listen to them instead of you guys. But um, keep up the good work, and I'll continue to listen. Take care. Bye. All right. Well, thank you for the kind words. And yes, we will watch out for those Dungeon Brothers. That was not their last appearance. Uh, they are bound to show back up sometime, but it's tough to get them out of the woods. Uh. Yeah, they kind of way back there, off by themselves. Way down in the holler. Uh, yeah, they live in a holler. They do. They live in a holler, uh, not far from each other's cabins. And... Yeah, the monsters are plentiful out there, so they're a little busy right now, but they will be back. That's right, so you were warned. And uh, so we should take a warning, too. We should watch out for those guys. Uh, they got a lot, a lot going on over there. So, tonight's podcast 
not brought to you by anything other than our own lack of resources. Ah, <laughs> <laughs> uh, not so. This it's been a long time in coming. So let's see. Let's. What should we talk about tonight? Okay. Um, oh yeah, I know uh, all the sub races of gnomes. You want to do that one? The sub races of gnomes. Ah. You know that it lacks a distinctive musical quality that I am. Oh, okay, for. I know uh, the different types of pole arms and their proper application in period use during the medieval era, and applicable to the Greyhawk campaign specific eras. I defy thee and a glaive to your codpiece, sir. Oh, <laughs> I know what we're gonna do. Ah, uh, well, okay, so. How about uh, the different types of ships during the uh, naval periods of uh, early and uh, medieval uh, fantasy Europe? Oh, again, lacks that musical certain something. Oh, musical, huh? Yeah. Well, I'm finally going to get it. I'm finally going to get it. I'm yep. so happy, and I'm not even kidding. All right, well, we might as well just pull the trigger on this one and let it go. <sighs> It's the much-vaunted Bards episode. Oh, no. Ah, I know, I know. It, it, it took some teeth pulling. Uh, yeah. Some... No, seriously, I actually discreetly hired a dentist, <laughs> uh, doped him, uh, had him tied to a chair, and they, they got midway through the second root canal before he relented and said, okay, okay, we'll finally do Bards. <laughs> yeah, but, you know, pole arms definitely coming at you. Ah, that's actually an interesting subject. Because, <laughs> yeah, you know, I, I'm not actually opposed to that one. I'm, I'm not. Oh, gonna throw okay, that, that was just a joke episode. I, I, I know we we could do that as a as a throwaway, like our our version of Terrence and Philip. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> <laughs> but I'm not actually opposed. But bards, and why have I been so excited about the bard? Uh, point blank. It's a major piece of history and folklore. Uh, it's intricately tied to the telling of tales. Uh, many of the ancient epics that uh, provided us with a background on the mythos, cultural beliefs, and mythologies of the ancient world were kept alive by bards until the age of writing became commonplace. Uh, and citing the first edition DM guide, uh, Mr. Gygax himself being a proud Welshman, uh, he did draw the initial bard uh, as something of a picture of uh, Celtic heritage, uh, mm -hmm. a, a uniquely specific type of bard. And I always thought it was a pity that the very first edition bard was incredibly hard to qualify for. It was just a brutal, brutal course to reach. And in an era when very few people were able to do more than pickup games and short campaigns, it was not feasible to wind up with a bard. It was just in a lot of time and effort for very little punch. Yeah. Uh, the rest of the party's 11th level, and you're a 5th, 5th split, or, or, you know, 6th, 6th split fighter thief, just learning to be a 1st level druid, and now you can activate those bard powers. That's, bare minimum, you were 11 levels in before you could make use of it. So we really didn't get as much mileage out of the bard concept until later editions came out and created 
alternatives where you could at least find yourself starting as a first-level bard and slowly building your ability to both be a musical asset to the party, but much, much more than that in terms of negotiation and uh, lore and knowledge. Uh, this became a lot more viable as time went on. Uh, that second edition really gave the Bard new life, and I'm grateful for it because I am a huge history buff, and if you're talking about uh, things like, oh, well, the Epic of Gilgamesh, for one, uh, or Homer's The Odyssey, uh, or Beowulf. These are all things that, or another example would be the Arthurian legends. Yeah. These are all things that were just maintained almost exclusively because of the tradition of rote memory storytelling, yep. history keeping, and message passing, which was a bardic high point in, in that particular oeuvre. Yeah, and, you know, long before bards became the subject, the butt of many jokes, uh, both bear and foul, the bard class uh, was hard to qualify for, and it was not really uh, clear why. And that is because there was a great deal of emphasis placed on being a bard. And so it was seen as kind of a prestige class before there were other prestige classes that 3rd edition would so kindly bring to the fore. Good point. And more to the point, too, is that um, a Dragon article, I'm not sure it's in the 50s somewhere, uh, Jeff Getz had the Bard class where you could just pop right in, and they had some illusion and minor druidical spells right from the get-go. but And uh, they would eventually grow to be a pretty... Potent class as far as uh, they had the hit roll of a fighter and they had some thieving abilities, which, of course, the thieving ability has been much maligned in the uh, bard class and conjured forth the idea that the bard was a jack of all trades because supposedly uh, Welch were kind of uh, the Welch bard also was uh, supposedly light fingered and would take his share <laughs> of certain things from the master's hall. Well, now, the, uh, the Irish tradition of the bards, if you go back, uh, you know, perhaps uh, 1,000 to 1,200 years, uh, they were historians who kept history by oral tradition only. And, you know, much of it was unwritten. So there was the lengthy process of memorizing everything possible. And then further, they were messengers, uh, kind of like the mailman, um, they collected messages in one place and took them to the next. Uh, third, they were viewed with a kind of near-religious respect. That, like, you're talking about a walking library that carries the history of our people. Um, the legends were rife with a person who struck down a bard uh, being absolutely cursed. Uh, just, oh, yeah. you know, the, the dead would haunt them the rest of their days because they'd... They effectively burned a walking library of Alexandria. Uh, so precious were they. So the thieving aspect, to me, I always thought it more reflected in the fact that uh, by nature, they were travelers who had to be ready to duck and cover or throw down and fight at any given moment. Uh, the druidic spells 
uh, and illusion spells seemed to me fairly appropriate in the sense that uh, petty glamours and things of that nature were things that they could, you know, historically cast. And yep. an affiliation with the uh, ancient practices of Druidism uh, it does, or, you know, versions of pagan faiths yep. uh, does exist. There, there are precursors that suggest that that's perfectly legitimate. In fact, more than suggested. It's a certainty. Uh, all of these made the bard class unique, and I like that you compared it to a pre prestige class before there was such a thing. Yeah, because you had to qualify for it. You first of all had to be, as befitting the Welsh and Irish legends, you had to be a warrior of renown. And, well, I don't know where particularly the rogue would or thief would come in, but however it was, you know, near to do well or... Uh, Experienced traveler, I guess, could also fit into that uh, <clears throat> archetype. But it was a rough fit, but it worked. And it set in motion what would prim primarily be the Bard's greatest asset was their ability to recall legend and lore without the casting of a spell. Yeah, That any particular subject or item that they came across of note had a history and they could recall from that. And that made them valuable. But also the idea that Bards themselves were a special class unto themselves. They were not easily uh, gained. You know, you just couldn't like, ah, oh, just, you know, roll a few ability stats and here I am. So, you know, the Bard class uh, transitioned well into second edition where it was now part of the core rules. You just, you know, did just as I said. You just rolled a few stats and make a choice and here you are as a Bard. And, um... You know, so the second edition was a little bit more clear, but also came out with uh, with their splat books, as they were called. And love them or like them. <laughs> Obviously, um, we marginally approved. Uh, they had several archetypes that were racial. The dwarf, uh, forge, singer. The uh, may stringer, the singer to animals and things like that, of the owls. And ah. also the scald. That's right. Get your metal bard going yeah. on, your Viking scalds, you know, going out there with a loot and a broadsword and just hacking down people. And remember, the gift of death metal does not fall upon the pretty. No, it doesn't. Uh, you may wish to hot glue some cornflakes to your face if you're still got to go charisma score. <laughs> uh, no, I, I, I kid. I digress. But this is the thing that I did like as the second edition progressed. Uh, and by the time they had moved to third edition, this this all held true. The lock that ancient Welsh and Celtic traditions had had on the bardic concept was ended, and I highly approved because you know who doesn't want some you know ancient Norse skald who's like warrior and poet howling hymns that are like literally both. Uh, homages to the strength of warriors and prayers and Im implications to the gods uh, while they're charging into the fray. I, first, I just, that needs... Like into a Led, the fray. Needs a Led Zeppelin soundtrack right there. Yep. Uh, I, I was happy to see the bard opened up, and this also opened the door to pretty much any concept of the bard uh, that you could come up with. There are just an infinite number of cultural archetypes somewhere to be found. Yeah, any any culture that kept a oral history. Including um, uh, things very similar to the spy function of the assassin. Yeah, and um, primarily bards. Uh, I believe harpers uh, out of Forgotten Realms were pretty much kind of the 
reflection of what the bards were supposed to be in a different type of fantasy setting. True, where it was less of a clearly delined career path in uh, the old sense, but rather it was a loose alliance of similarly minded people with similar purpose, um, all coming from very different backgrounds and entering a sort of prestige class that then... Or brotherhood or uh, yeah. society of, of people who exchanged uh, information to kind of keep these societies free. So that's a unique take on it as well, and that's completely uh, Dungeons & Dragons kind of uh, mindset. But, you know, uh, as editions changed, so did the class did, and uh, third edition saw the bard change once again with the ability to inspire others and have counter songs and more useful abilities than just uh, singing for a living. Now, you know, technically... Uh... It was nice to see those in the first and second edition bards, those loosely related abilities were yep. just barely covered. Yeah, the uh, ability to charm by playing. If you had a time, you know, all creatures were just like, oh, that's really cool. Uh, that's like a free bird solo on stage. You know, yeah. The bugbears would, you know, just hold be, up their hands and uh, flick up lighters, you know, tender twigs. They're passing a beach ball around. Yeah. Till somebody comes and takes it away. You could put someone's eye out with that. <laughs> no, yeah. no, no. Nothing that uh, dramatic, but uh, indeed, uh, they did spell out a much clearer explanation of the Bard's abilities. They expanded on the existing kind of tradition from the first and second editions. Uh, the yeah, certain kits kind of gave that. Uh, countering sonic attacks uh, and things like that was still there. The singing of harpies or the uh, winsome songs of sirens, sirens and all that. Yeah, which, that, that's, it's one of those rare moments when you really want a bard there. Or like a Demi Lich's death scream. Yeah, that can be countered by a bard. Did you bring a bard? Nope, I guess you're all screwed. <laughs> yeah, but... Uh, then you wish you had Sir Robin and that you hadn't eaten him. Uh, yeah, and bards became kind of a joke because, you know, they weren't great fighters or particularly useful spellcasters as opposed to the core classes, which they borrowed a lot of their abilities from. For instance, they're not fireball tossers nor great healers, but they can heal and they do have a few useful spells that in a clutch situation you can definitely be dependent upon them for. Yeah, they're good support characters. And let's face it, uh, support-type characters who are at their strongest when they're doing something that isn't direct conflict but is instead buffing the party have a notoriously conflicted past. I, they're not... A lot of people like yeah, to they, play something that is straightforward and in your face. Your thief is a thieving thief who thieves. Your mage is a mage and mage who mages. And your fighter is a fighting fighter who fights. And the bard is, well, this unholy hybrid that is not exactly any of those things. So uh, uh, even the healer gets a little more respect from the bard back in the old days. Oh, well, you know, never diss your healer, man. It's a healing healer who heals is everybody's hero when things go south. Yep, and of course with bards, there's a lot of the jokes of their... <laughs> Infamous nature to be uh, attracted oh. to anything with a higher charisma than six. Oh, well, all right. Yeah, if if the meme wars count, then, uh, yeah, bards, the reasons for all the half-creatures. Yeah. Which, uh, 
Yeah, I beg to differ. That's just your Greek gods there. Yeah, yeah, that's true. But, you know, here you go back to your class. Why is there weird stuff? Zeus couldn't keep it in his pants. Well, you're right. There you go back as uh, the very nature of the Greeks also understood the very bardic. Uh, The the patronage of the arts and those who practiced them was seen as a revered and rare skill. Those who could play, you know, Apollo himself, you know, one of the most great assets that he brought to the, the pantheon was the gift of music. Ah, true. You are not wrong. That is that is true. It was it was viewed with the highest esteem as an expression of like the greatness. I mean, yeah, the, it was a, with it was, the same degree of impression that one would have for the arts of war. Uh, you know, speech, song, poetry. These two uh, make a well-rounded person. So. Yeah, uh, the Bard, it, it's not a hard-won history. I mean, it, it was there in the beginning. It was a facet mm-hmm. of you know, many, many cultures uh, on, in every corner of the globe. The, the storyteller, uh, the legend keeper. The DM. <laughs> Just kidding. Uh. Ah, yeah. Which, uh, there's the ultimate irony, a DM who hates Bards. Yep. Ha-ha! <laughs> uh, no, we, we can't afford to cast stones at the humble bard because, I mean, honestly, it is a reflection of what we do. Uh, but Yeah, and, you know, okay, so there's some harsh <laughs> memes and uh, funny kind of in-jokes about how the bard is... Unarmed you know, and mostly harmless. Bring a guitar to a dungeon, get killed. That's what happens. But um, <laughs> Picking and grinning when you should have been stabbing. Yeah... But your bard is a useful member of the party, and uh, while we can sing the praises of it, oh, I went there, we can also talk about the fact that, you know, comfortably uh, ensconced around a table, a bard is a character who brings probably one of the few luxuries to the medieval life in a dark world filled with sinister monsters and omnipresent doom from the outer plains. Yeah, evil monsters galore. And here's somebody that is like that little beacon of light in a, you know, scarcely literate world. Yeah, and that's another role that uh, is not looked on very well by many DMs. It's skipped over. It's just kind of assumed that everybody knows how to read and write. And sure enough, most of your adventuring types are literate. Even a barbarian can be taught how to use pen and uh, scribe words after a while. Yeah, they can read the signs on the road and things like that. Uh, Humble literacy. However, uh... Polyglot-level linguistics are another facet of uh, later incarnations of the Bard, where, you know, a real master of many languages, and not just carefully managing to parse together what that ancient text meant. I think it means 30 paces to the south. Uh, That's not enough. Uh, With a Bard, uh, you can actually get subtleties out of ancient languages. Uh, and even attempt to decode dead languages. Yeah. Uh, these are actually pretty valuable tools if, you know, the campaign is a little more complicated than your standard dungeon dust-up. Uh, so there's plenty of room for the bard there. Not to mention music puns. Oh, oh yeah, so and, fun. you know, pun wars. Yeah. The subclass of the bard, the jester. <laughs> oh, my gosh, I'd almost forgotten about the jester. Oh, Which, yeah. <laughs> Didn't we know somebody who ran one? Was it a McKenzie brother? Oh, I can't remember. Oh, yeah, I can't remember who we had, but uh, I do remember uh, one where I played a jester, and uh, they had cast uh, 
hideous laughter on an evil cultist while uh, <laughs> the uh, to keep him from casting spells was presumptuously uh, the idea I had as I was playing in that one. And uh, my companions uh, started uh, in trying to interrogate after grappling the uh, cultist, and all he would do was laugh, and you know, they proceeded to beat him more. <laughs> my bard watched in absolute horror. My jester watched in absolute horror. I just wanted them to stop casting spells. But they're beating him. Oh, you think this is funny, huh? You laugh at this? Laugh at this, huh? <laughs> oh, you like five points of damage in your face. Ooh, charisma <laughs> damage. Ooh. Oh, man. Oh, yeah. But, but uh, no, things were... That's my cat, uh, Sassy. They're growling at the dog. Giving a little bit of sass to our... our uh, entertainment. Yeah, she here. doesn't like it uh, when people make fun of bards. Bards is one of her favorite classes. So. Uh, and you know, to be perfectly honest, it wasn't always one of mine. <clears throat> but I kind of developed a new respect for them. I had a kind of like safe distance reverence, which, you know, you can afford it when you're not playing it. Yeah. <laughs> I did not often play bards in the early days. Uh, of gaming. It was only after the advent of 3rd edition, 5th uh, edition Pathfinder, this this last decade, that I came down off my high horse and started enjoying the bardic life uh, and trying it out once in a while. And I have found it to be highly entertaining. Uh, in particular, I'm, I'm going to reference a noteworthy event oh, that oh. happened not too long ago. Oh, yeah. Gnomish Bard in an epic level campaign... Uh, stole a spell from an enemy wizard, uh, used something like a, I believe it was a limited wish that I yep, plucked off of an epic level enemy wizard, and I used it to select a song that, uh, or a sound-based attack of very high level, and knocked down his entire tower. Yeah, well, he was a high level wizard, not an epic level. We, we uh, know, yeah. But he was capable of casting limited wish, so... So, yeah, very high level, uh, and knocking down his tower and then saying, I'm so terribly sorry, it appears that I've broken your house. <laughs> yeah, and, you know, all with just, you know, use of bardic shenanigans, like fascinate engaging the wizard in a conversation briefly enough to cast one of the subtle, more subtle spells that the bards possess. And that's the key right there, is that playing a bard takes a certain type of mentality, just like the jester who was horrified at watching... Her companions nearly beat to death a cultist who just could not stop laughing. I never thought laughter could hurt people. <laughs> the killing joke. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> or the jester goes evil. You know who that is. Oh, yeah. Yeah, all right. You know. Harlequin and uh, the Joker, yep. <laughs> yeah. yeah, That there's plenty of room for homage there, just saying, you know. Uh. <laughs> it takes a kind of mentality to play one, and uh, you know you have to have kind of an open mind, among other things, and <clears throat> loose morals. No, I'm just <laughs> you have to have an open mind about how to play the character and look for uh, ways to fit it into the campaign. A bard can be a DM's best friend because they're ripe with plot hooks. A just a small fragment of information can lead to a whole new direction that uh, nobody ever anticipated and mostly would be missed without the application of high-level spells or uh, direct talking with sages. Yeah, is a bard suited for a party of just three or four people? Perhaps not. But if you've got a long, ongoing campaign that is really convoluted, uh, the inclusion of a bard in your party just opens so many doors. Just, there's, 
just an endless array of possibilities that are made available to you as a DM. So I'm just going to throw down and say, you know, it's, it's well worth trying to suggest to somebody, you know, a bard would be very useful in this campaign setting. Oh, I, not saying you got to twist any arms, but... Uh, no, I think that a, a bard makes a good fifth wheel type of character. They can definitely have their own niche. And bards, um, well suited to their task. People, players, excuse me, bard players, well suited to the task of being support characters can really make a party that is already tough and well designed and uh, put together well, make them even more effective. They do more damage in combat. They finish the fights faster. They can uh, spot heal and do a lot of other things that uh, that take the heat off of some of the main uh, spellcasters and uh, clerics. They really add a lot, and so I think that they're well worth including in almost every party that you have the room for. But uh, again, I would like to kind of start doing away with some of the jokes about the bards, and we did <laughs> cover a few of them here. But I think that, in all seriousness, the bard is a legitimate addition to any care. Uh, well put together group of uh, adventurers. And yeah, jokes on bards are, I, I think, mostly based in the American perception of uh, the life of a musician. Yeah. And, you know, it just, <laughs> oh, great, who brought along Justin Bieber? Mm. That's just what we needed. Oh, the Keith orcs Ru are running scared now. Our bard is modeled after Keith Richards. Oh, dear. Dude, that would be awesome. Well, yeah, you know, except when he's not drunk or What uh, toxin inebriated. could possibly affect him? That's right. <laughs> Stung by a wyvern? Oh, man, that reminds me of this weekend in Rio about 15 years ago. Oh. Ah, <laughs> oh, it feels just like the needle going right in the arm. Uh. So. <laughs> oh! Well, yeah, but that that's our common perception of musicians <laughs> where, you know... Mike took it back a couple notches and uh, went back to the origin, and uh, we touched a little bit with Scald and the Greek uh, bards as well. But uh, hey, you know what? Yeah, Orpheus uh, and his journey into hell. Mm -hmm. uh, you know, these are, uh, that's some epic level bard right there. Yep. Uh, Orpheus going down into hell. Uh, and man, you want to talk about, uh, you know, Charlie, or what is it, Charlie Daniels band, uh, oh boy. You know, Fiddle for Your Soul. Uh, I, I honestly, you know, I consider that an indirect, more modern reference oh, yeah, to sure. the tale of Orpheus. So, uh, you know, these legends are persistent in almost any century. They, they have a common connection. So, I, I still hold in my heart that abiding love of music in particular, uh, both ancient and new. Uh, yeah, I am the nerd that, like, listens to weird stuff like Icelandic hymns, you know. Mm. You know, can't help it. Oh, and pretty much any world music. Also a huge fan of the Pogues, which is usually my preferred background music for taverns when uh, we're in gameplay. Yep, true. <laughs> uh, but... No, I, I think we've firmly come down in the camp of, you know, like the Bard is, is not a wasted effort, uh, nope. just to defend its reputation. Oh, yeah, and I think we covered it pretty well, so, you know, get out there, throw down with some uh, epic music, and uh, charm the pants off of those creatures, and uh, while they're distracted, steal their loot. <laughs> oh, well worth it. Uh, you know, a Bard is not merely a distractathon, but they can be. You know, that it's not the limit of their powers, but 
using them appropriately and wisely uh, can have some pretty impressive and funny results. Oh, yeah. Yep, uh, the bane of every farmer's daughter everywhere and the start of the traveling salesman, a.k.a. the bard. <laughs> Started with a lonely musician on the road. All right. But, uh, all right, I think that uh, will wrap it up for us, but uh, thanks for sticking it yes, up. Yes, we are back on our regular schedule. Our, our 50th episode, of course, we indulged greatly in running over time and just lavished it because it was well worth it. Edition Wars was... Uh, completely worth that level of effort, and I, I appreciate everybody who actually listened all the way to the end. But you know, we're we're back to our standard format. So, so that'll do it for us. We'll be back at you Friday with some more topics, and we hope you have a good week. And uh, if you're up in the northern climes like we are, stay safe out there and stay warm. Yeah, have a little emergency kit handy in the cars because uh, we just had freezing rain that uh, turned into an ice slick outside and uh, it was a little bit of a toss-up whether we might put this off or not but they've, they've gotten the roads well taken care of so all of our listeners out there in this portion of the country hey play it safe all right and uh, with that no pun intended yeah there you go uh with that we'll say uh bid you adieu and may the dice always roll in your favor we're out Good night.